What the hell is the name of this song? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant? I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Mary Horn. He tried to get me in mid-shoe. Hello again, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the baseball edition of the Dallas Morning News Sports Day DFW.com's podcast. I'm Evan Grant, along with Barry Horn. Barry, how are you? Evan, can I break some news here? I've never broken news before in my life. That's true. We're gonna have. I think we're going to have a new intro coming pretty soon. I was going to say, this is. A, don't get used to this intro. Uh, this is, um, I, I believe that the intro is on its way out. Because we are we are stepping up. Well, now here's the big question: Will the new intro include a reference to Kevin Sherrington? Who should it? He's here. I'm back, back from naked and afraid in in Rio. I was I was never I was afraid many times, but never naked. Did, did you, you did you did shower? Yeah. Well, no, in my clothes. I showered in my clothes. How many so gas afraid. stations did you urinate at? I did. Uh, I did not go to a single gas station to go look for Ryan Lochte. No, I did not do that. Did we see any Ra- Ranger relief pictures of the ga- at the gas station urinating? No, I did not. Stop do it, either. Barry. That's enough. That's enough. Uh, so you're back. You I'm made back. it back. I'm you, back. You went to the Olympics. You came you... back and then drove my daughter in a U-Haul along with her dog and her all her belongings. Why'd you put her in a U-Haul? You put to New York. That's unbelievable. You put her in the back of no, the truck. No, no, no. She was in the front with the dog. Hey, I think we have a guest I think we should get to. I think he's falling asleep. Uh, here we go. Here comes Traffic Director Barry <laughs> no, again. No kidding. Well, let's, what, do you hey, always feel like you have to do that? Yes. Hey, everybody, let's not develop any chemistry. <laughs> let's just get right into the guest. Oh, this isn't the ballsy chemistry podcast. It's not that important of a guest. It's just Richard Justice from Richard MLB.com. Justice? We've got Richard Justice. Justice on? Richard, Richard Choo Choo Justice is here. Honestly, this is uh, some good radio so far. <laughs> <laughs> and you know good radio. Hey, hey, hey Richard grew up in, around here. He's a big Ron Chapman fan, weren't you, Richard? Yeah, absolutely. KBIL 103.7 every morning. K-B-I-L. All right, there we go. Let's date ourselves again, Barry. Thank you. I especially liked it when he would play Blackie's outtakes from Blackie filing the from places like Green Bay and Cleveland. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> yeah, right. Richard, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. I, uh, I always like uh, stretch run, and I'm honored to be on the, on the show. I, I listen. I'm a religious listener. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I want to say about this. You guys have one. Yeah. As a religious listener, do you like wear a robe, or what do you, what do, you do when you're religiously doing that? <laughs> I can see him like pray, like davening, like an old Jewish man, like you and I, Barry. Just you know where Richard's from? Back and forth. <laughs> He's from Waxahachie. He's from Waxahachie. That's Waxahachie. Waxahachie. Yeah. Not Waxahachie. How long have you lived here now? Too long. Too long. No, Richard. You know, since your team there in Houston, which I believe you picked to win the West, did you not? Uh, I probably did. Yes. Because yeah. you're a homer. Uh, some of that I do like the team, um, but. It's a reminder that it's hard to win and uh, that when you pencil things in, they don't always happen. And what's, and also, I think, whatever's happening with the Rangers, I mean, the Astros, their pitching is inconsistent. They've gone to plan B. They've had 10 rookies on the roster a lot lately. they got a rookie playing third, a rookie at DH, and rookies all over the bullpen. And you don't know what you're going to get from that. But I don't think, I mean, the story to me in the AL West, is that the Rangers are amazing. I mean, to go, you know, I, the Washington Post about 
10 days ago, or maybe it was a week ago, had a story on Sabermetrics about the Rangers being one of the most amazing teams in 50 years, like 29-8 and eight in one-run games. I think yesterday, didn't they score nine times they've won games, two or fewer, scoring two or fewer runs? I believe yesterday was the 30th one-run win. Yesterday, both runs started off as walks. Yeah. Yesterday being Sunday. Let's yesterday be, being yeah, Sunday. And, uh, and, 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 and on Sunday, they had the bases loaded with uh, one out in the ninth inning against closer Sam Dyson um, and still managed to escape that, that game. And, and I, I, we should also point out on the sabermetric front, the Rangers have a run differential right now of plus five. Um, yeah, and, but but look but look, and they've come from behind five times in the ninth, I think, and nine times in the eighth and ninth. But the bottom line is, and and look, they're twenty first in runs this month in all of baseball. The rotation hasn't been great. I mean, the bullpen, the rotation's actually been the best part of the team this month. Wow. The bullpen hasn't been great, but none of that matters because they're going to win the division. Nobody stepped up to to win the division, and then they're going to have. In some order, Cole Hamels, Hugh Darvish, Colby Lewis, Derek Holland lined up for the postseason. And the three of those guys are going to be fresh. I mean, let's just presume that they're all healthy. So if you look at the landscape of the American League, who do you like more than the Texas Rangers? Well, the answer is you like the Kansas City Royals more because they've been, they're a perfect team. Now, let me ask. Let me ask you this, Richard, because this is something Wait, that before, came before up. Before we go, I want to. I want well, to I'm, not, I'm being I'm once again redirected by Barry. I, I want to establish a rule here, Richard. You're not allowed to mention every newspaper you've worked for. Okay? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that'll, we, that's, we'd be here too long. We'd be here too long. Yeah. Washington Post. But l- l- listen, right after the All Star break, it, because of the run differential, we brought that up. And for the people who aren't so well uh, informed about these issues, like like Barry. Uh, when you say you're plus five, the other division leaders are in the category of well, what? What would they Okay, be? so run differential, for those who aren't aware, is basically how many runs you've scored versus how many runs you've given up. And the theory basically allows that teams that have higher run differentials are winning games because they should win games and they are significantly better. Lower run differentials suggest a... Uh, a level of luck. And some of those other ones. Yeah, so the Rangers know, are lower, plus five for the year now. Right. They are uh, They are one, two, three, four, five. Nice prep work, Six, seventh, eighth in the American League in run differential. The two right. other division leaders, Toronto, is plus 102, and Cleveland is plus 88. So there's yeah, a significant the other difference. Part of, the other part of run differential is that the, the, the NASA, the stats guys will tell you there will be a re- what's the word phrase regress to the mean. There will be in a other regression words, to read, the mean. Yes. Right. If you read the Washington Post story, you got the feeling the Rangers were not going to win another game this year. I mean, seriously, I came out of thinking they're not going to win the West, and yet they keep grinding out these wins. So you know, you say it's not sustainable. Yeah. Well, that's fine. But the the season ends in five weeks, and they have what what's the lead now? Eight and a half games in this month when they haven't been great. They got these slumps all up and down. Their lead has gone from what five and a half to eight and a half. Well, it's gone from six and a half to eight and a half over the just over the weekend, and um, uh, they go into a ten game stretch here that I think will determine the American League West, and and uh, or will determine whether or not there's a race over the final two and a half weeks of the season. They've got 
uh, four, uh, three with Seattle uh, at the start of this week, and then your Houston Astros come to town for the weekend, and then they go, then the Rangers go to Seattle for four. So they have a chance right now with both teams eight and a half games out to pretty much play knockout with both teams over the next ten days. Or if they are going to regress, then we will see a race that develops here over the next over the next ten days. So that's the what thing. Do you that- think, what do you think is going to happen? I think the Rangers will go at least three and three in this in the rest of this homestand, and I think that by and large the the race will be over. And I also should mention that you know when the Rangers finish this set with uh, this ten game stretch, they've got three more games against either Houston or Seattle. A total of three games against those two teams. Seattle and Houston still have six games to play against one another in the final two weeks of the season. See, here's what yeah, I want. Here's what I want to ask but you. The Astros are, have the Cubs left. I mean, they have a brutal schedule absolutely and see, here's, of September. here's what i want to ask you richard so the 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 run differential what it suggests is that the rangers and certainly at this at the at the all-star break i was asking myself this question are they just lucky you know have they just been able to win because that's the way the breaks have gone for them or do you buy the thing that jeff banister has tried to sell and has sold since he got here that this is a team that never ever quits that that just fights to the end I mean, do you buy that it is up to this point? Are they are they really this good as their record says, or have they been lucky? Let's let's just say this before Richard answers this. On the, on the one thing, Jeff Bannister has used the "never ever quit," and that's been his that's been his motto. And the big difference between Jeff Bannister never ever quit and Ron Washington and the team never quitting is that somebody put a hashtag in front of it now, and that that's about the difference. Wash always talked about how this team never quit in the past either. Um, and with that said, I'll let Richard weigh in. But the, the I, I don't think that what Bannister has said is anything anything earth-shaking about this take, team. Take that, Kevin. Well, I wasn't saying I believed it. I'm just saying right. I was just suggesting it. So, right. Richard, what's your take? Well, I, I think you deserve credit for what you've, what you've, worked, what you've get, gotten. Um, the Royals were six out from being eliminated by the Astros last fall. And every baseball person you talk to says – they were amazing. You watch their at-bats. They were unselfish. They were tenacious. They weren't going to lose the game. Dylan G., who's a starter for the Royals now, was a free agent last year. He said, watching them on TV, you could say, that's the case. When you have Adrian Beltre on your team, you have guys like that. You, you have to beat them. They're not going to knock themselves out. So I say, hey, hats off to them. You did what you had to do, and it doesn't matter what the other division is. The bottom line is, going into October, they're in a pretty good spot. So you're, so you're, you like, are you, are you saying you like the Royals in the American League? Is that what you're saying? No, I like the Royals last year in the American League. I picked them. Uh, <laughs> well, but what about this year? <laughs> last year, Richard picked them to win the World Series. Okay, Richard, what about what about this year? I, it's, I, I know you certainly must like that bullpen. What the Royals? Yes. Oh, Keep the up. Royals right now are the best. The Royals right now are the best team in baseball. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, it's certainly the best team in the American League, but can you make it up? And with everybody you got to play, they got the Yankees now. Can you keep going? I mean, what are they, 17-4? and four? I don't know how long you can sustain that. But well, they've got they, six they've games. Gotta, they've got six games remaining against the Indians, so I would, I would also suggest that the Central is not out of the question right now for the Royals. Right, because, yeah, and you look at certain teams are just in free fall. I don't think Boston's very good. I, don't, I think Baltimore is – going to end up may end up finishing fourth in that division baltimore's I mean, dead I, I i am going to call this now the orioles are dead wow right, right. 
And, and so, but but if you look at the AL West, okay, who's going to catch the Rangers? Who in the AL West is even going to make uh, get a wild card berth? The, the Astros pitching is too inconsistent now. Seattle's getting great work out of Felix and Iwakuma now. So you, I mean, they get they have a shot. All right. So I just think you give Texas credit for what they've done and don't try to don't try to nitpick it. Would it will it work next year? Will they be? When we're t- if we have this conversation a year from now, will they be twenty nine and eight in one run game? No, or is it thirty and eight? They will not be. But it doesn't matter. This is this year, and if Cole Hamels, the old Earl Weaver line, if Cole Hamels throws a shutout in game one, they might win game one of the playoffs. Do you um do you quote Earl Weaver in every conversation? Because by God, Richard, I've talked to you eight thousand times this year alone. And every story has an Earl. Every every conversation has an Earl story. Well, he's got. A, he's a good quote, right, Richard? Is it only eight thousand? Seems more. <laughs> Richard, all right. Let let me uh, let me say this. I I do think that you know we can talk about luck and 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 the one thing I hate about sabermetrics, uh, and and I believe a lot in the analytics, but I always hate the throwing up of the hands and saying. Well, it's just luck, and, and it's a luck factor. I do think that what Jeff Bannister did was he parsed up the schedule and, and, and he looked at what he had, and in May he really made a commitment once Matt Bush came up here uh, that he had some arms that he could deploy in the bullpen, and he worked those guys hard and protected a lot of leads uh, with working the, that bullpen very hard for two months, knew there was going to be a price to pay at some point in time, and hope that his rotation would be back in 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 shape, and that the offense would would kind of come to uh, uh, would kind of come to maturity at that point in time. And and I think what he did was he managed to get to July thirty first, thinking that the Rangers would have some kind of additions at that point in time. Uh, the additions didn't include a starting pitcher, but they did include a guy who's made a difference, I think, in the in the rotation, and Jonathan Lucroy. Uh, they did include Carlos Beltran, who's had a couple of very big contributions for this team. Um, it did include a reliever, Jeremy Jeffress, who right now is uh, on the restricted list because of a DWI case. But I, I think the, the manager does deserve some credit here. Forget about the never, ever quit. I think what he has done is he's done a good job of managing the schedule in the segments that uh, he's had in front of him to maximize this team's success. Well, wait. You said that he deserves some credit. Is he getting? Is he getting criticized in the market? No, I. I, I Evan. Evan's I, been I ripping him left and right. I don't think he's getting <laughs> criticized in the market. I, I do think that nationally there is this perception that the Rangers are just a lucky team, and I don't think that's the case. I just want to take a second here, Evan, to remind everybody that our guest is Richard Justice of MLB.com, and how can people subscribe? to this podcast i know you're looking at me like i'm crazy but i got the memo from the bosses and they said and they said we've got to keep telling people who we have on and how to subscribe tell them evan and then we'll go back it's ballsy b-a-l-l-z-y podcast check it on itunes richard now can you answer whatever the question was i asked five minutes ago uh the question was are they lucky or are they good yeah I think I asked that question 10 minutes ago, but that's okay. Yeah, but I, I don't think it matters. I mean, I think they're really good teams, and I think they're good enough to win the World Series. I mean, it, they, it would not surprise anybody if they won the World Series. Look at the American League right now, and who's better? Okay, you can make a case that Kansas City's better, 
but you can't make a case that any other team's better. Cleveland's pitching is spotty. Cleveland's offense is spotty. The L East all has some flawed teams. They don't, you don't know what you're going to get out of Stroman. You don't know what you're going to get out of Sanchez when you get to October. So, so why not? I mean, they, I think it's huge that they win the division basically without Holland, without Colby, and without Darvish. I, I think that the issue for me with this team is is look once you get into the playoffs anybody can win. It's, you know when somebody gets hot and, and they get get on a roll and then, then they can win. The question the thing for me with the Rangers and I don't have any science behind this, but you, you look at when they've had things go wrong. They ha- they didn't all go wrong at once. You know the bullpen faltered, the rotation faltered, the lineup faltered. You know guys got hurt. They brought guys up. They played well for a little while and filled in well. Brought good guys in. Don't yes, don't, absolutely. Don't they had a lot of depth. Yes, but absolutely. If a lot of depth. you put the pieces together right now on this team, like Richard just Richard just addressed, the idea that Darvish is going to be fresh going into the postseason. You have very possibly that Derek Holland will be fixed and fresh going into the postseason. Colby Lewis could return this weekend. And will be for a 37-year-old guy with a beaten-up body will be as fresh as he possibly can going into the postseason. You have added bodies to the roster to to kind of give the offense more of a, a push. You have also gotten some situations here lately. Shut up, Barry. Are you going to tell us that you've got? <laughs> I want to make a point. I, this is a filibuster. Hurry up. You, you've also gotten to a situation lately where Jeff Bannister has gotten six and seven innings out of his starters, and he's been able to turn it over to the relievers in a way that he can kind of, on. there's nights when he can rest Dyson, nights when he can rest Diekman, and I think you're getting back to those guys being fresh and being effective. And so I do think that as you go into the postseason, this, especially with the idea that you could have Darvish and Hamels starting four games in any, in, in any seven-game series, this is... This this team has all the components to win the World Are you Series. done? Are you done? Let me we we have a baseball expert on. Something I've been waiting weeks to have on the show. Somebody somebody who knows what he's talking about. Richard, my friend. Yes, sir. When you look at this Ranger bullpen and and the postseason, what what are your thoughts on how this bullpen can can hold up in in the postseason? Well, how's it going to line up? Who's going to pitch the ninth inning? I mean the eighth inning. Dyson? I think that's going to no, depend on no. matchups. I mean, if, if no, the Dyson's going to pitch the ninth inning. The eighth inning is going to be either Diekman or Bush, depending on where you've got the left-handed hitters coming up. How about yeah, the first I mean, seven I pitches that Diekman threw the other night? They seven, weren't good yesterday. Seven balls. Seven balls on Sunday, the first seven uh, balls out of his hand. Ball one. Yeah, but, well, I mean, I don't, I don't understand what, what, what's the point you're making there. I just – Quoting statistics without analysis—that that doesn't really. Tell <laughs> See, me we have a—we have. I mean, you can't—you okay, can't, you can't you gotta, fool Richard like you, you usually me, do. You got, you, John Blake sent you over a stat sheet. Now you're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> so he read the box score. But no, Richard, how do you? I, I think well, Richard. Right, I think in the, okay, in the. Look, this month Bush has been good. Deakman's been pretty good. Uh, Barnett, what's his status now? Barnett is, you know, he's the guy who's going to pitch he's the sixth or the seventh, or you know, in and once you get to the postseason, when you've got that day off every two games, you don't have to go to that guy in to to just give a Dyson or a Deakman or, or or somebody like that a break. You've got him specifically for a role, which will be potentially to get one out in the sixth, potentially to finish that inning if a starter goes if a starter is is short. Um, 
But but also you're going to have one of the starters out there. So you're asking Bush, Zeekman, and Dyson to get the last what? I don't know that you're going to have a starter out there. Okay, well, well, okay, well, who's somebody's going to get dropped from the roster? Mar- then, right? Martin Perez. I think Martin Perez is in danger. You know, of of not being on the bull, of not being on the postseason roster, or you could use Martin Perez in the bullpen in place of Alex Claudia. I mean, it's one or the other there. But I look at it, you're like, okay, you, you feel like Bush, Diekman, and Dyson are pretty reliable. Barnett and Claudio have, have, have had pretty good seasons. And then Keela, what's his deal? Keela has, has, has struggled since he's come back from the, uh, from the bone chip surgery. But I also feel like, you know, this is a guy who's – there's nothing different with his velocity this year. There's nothing different with his strikeouts per nine innings. There's nothing different with his batting average against – he has given up some home runs in bad situations that have that have that have inflated the uh, the That's ERA. That's a bad thing, though. That's a bad thing. That's, That's a bad good. thing. Uh, Barry, uh, I again, more concerned about the offense. Leave like, it to the baseball minds it? here. <laughs> we already we have we have two going. baseball minds here. We have Richard and Kevin. Let me let me ask you this question, Richard. Last year in Toronto, we we saw a, a, a lot of things happen there. Pretty crazy series. And we saw the the closer deposed, Sean Tolleson, uh, and in favor of Sam Dyson. Would you expect the same type of thing to happen this year, or the possibility of the same type of thing could happen this year? I think they always Evan would know better than me, but I, I think they always thought Sean Tolleson was a short term fix. That he probably had the closer's role longer than they thought he was going to have the closer's role. So I think they have a lot of confidence in the people they they're giving the ball to now. And, and, and the great thing about Jeff Bannister, he'll he'll admit I ride those guys hard, and I know it. And, and like there's been times where he's he's had to fight himself to pull them off, you know, late in games, give guys a day I ball. But when you're in a you're in a pennant race, you want to win every game. It's hard to say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a blow today and come back and get it tomorrow. Richard, here's the the big question for me at this point in time is I. I, I you know, you look at the the American League, and, and the Rangers have a two-game advantage on Toronto for, for home field advantage all the way through the playoffs. Uh, I, I think you have to look at the Rangers' schedule and, and, and feel like they are, um, they are the favorite for home field advantage. Here's the question I have. You know, you've got Toronto, Boston, and Baltimore all bunched up in the American League East, and, and right now Baltimore is holding – the second wild card. I think both you and I feel like before that's over with, they will not. What right. is what is the matchup for the Rangers that you would most like to avoid in the first round if you're Texas? Well, Aaron Sanchez is going to win game one if he's able to go, and that puts you that puts him in a bad spot. I think you don't want to you don't want to face King Felix in, in round one. Now, how would that work out? If 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 Seattle wins the wild card game, they would play Texas, right? Correct. Yeah, I don't think you want to face King Felix at this point. But but, but King Felix would have to pitch game would have to pitch the wild card game. Yeah. Oh, that's well. If you, if it's lined up that way, but Evil Coolness pitching very well. Here's the bottom line: like Cleveland's got pitching, uh, Seattle's got pitching at the top of the rotation. And Toronto's got pitching, you know, like Jay Happ's been great. Right. So, look, what has to happen is I, I don't. I worry a bit less about that and more about how Tamils and Darvish going to do. When Darvish is on his game, he's better than any of those guys. I mean, he's he's massive. You but, Darvish is yeah. a different creature since he has come back from the from the DL the second time around. I think he I has mean, 
finally really gotten accustomed to how he wants to pitch in the majors and being comfortable with his fastball. Um, I, I think he is. I, I think he's elevated his game a level. That's, is he? Is in my imagination? Is he put on a lot of weight? He looks a lot bigger to me since he came back. Is that in my imagination? Uh, I think he's bigger up top. Yeah, that's I, what I mean. His, I think he's, he's definitely is, bigger in the bigger. shoulder. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he he definitely his body firmed up. It never it was never soft, but no. I think you you looked at him and saw somebody who was just kind of lanky. Yeah. Um, but he is he's gotten bigger up top. Yeah. Awkward. Well, the the the, the reason I bring that up is that he's throwing ninety eight now. Yes. You know, and he wasn't throwing 98 before. But, and, and, you know, he's really only throwing 98 when he wants to reach back and go there. He, he's not pitching at No, but, he, but I don't remember. But he also knows that. that if he wants to go back there and get it, he was very, well, you know, I went through all these crazy stats after his home run, and he was very interested if I could find out if anybody had hit a home run um, and thrown 100 miles an hour in the same game this year. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> And uh, did did he need an interpreter to talk to you for that, or did he just talk to you straight? We've up? been through this before. I want to know. and I talk in English all the time. It is it's and not sometimes an in issue. Japanese. Um, Don't worry, he got he had he w- and and the, and the question is, Darvish topped out at ninety eight seven that game, so he didn't quite get to a hundred. Noah Syndergaard had a two home run game this year, in which he hit a hundred and one miles per hour on the fastball. He also had another game in which he homered, and he also hit a hundred miles. Uh, he hit ninety nine seven on that in that game. So um, that's pretty amazing to me. Yeah, it is. That's Mansfield's nowhere center guard. That's correct. Well, let's. We're a local podcast now. Yes. Do, would you like for us to break for just a second and? Uh, yeah. And, wh- uh, wh- how can people subscribe <laughs> to this? Po- hey, look, I got a memo from the boss. Okay, from the guy who runs this thing. I didn't he get said, that memo because you were you were you were Richard, in a, you you were in a gas station of Brazil for the last three years. Richard, what happens if the Rangers and Blue Jays end up in a playoff series because of the history last year and everything that took place this year? How crazy does that series end up? Um, it's going to be pretty emotional. I, I mean, <laughs> what am I talking about? Well, both places are going to be full, and Toronto's become a tough place to play. So tell me. I, I mean, Especially Blue, when they're throwing beers at you. Well, and yesterday they showered the field with hats after Josh Donaldson had a hat trick with home runs. <laughs> they did. They they threw they threw like everybody threw their hats onto the field to celebrate a hat trick. So, wow. Yeah. Who is the better team right now, Toronto or Texas? Oh, I think Toronto has a better lineup. Toronto has a better lineup, and they're a bad matchup for Rangers pitching yeah. because there's not a lefty because you don't want to throw any lefty against them. But, with wait, the exception wait, wait, of Hamels, let me ask you this. Let me ask you guys this: What has happened to Profar? Is this a matter of adjustment, or is there something else going on? I think I think part of it is adjustment. I think part of it is the fact that he's playing um, much more sparingly, and and it's been hard for him to get into a routine. But he played his way. Out of that rotation, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's an accurate assessment. I, I think you could. I think you could say that. And also, what he was doing at the beginning, the first month there, that was that was Superman type stuff. I mean, those guys watching those guys, Odor and Mazzara and Profar, that was a, that was the most fun team in baseball to watch when those kids were running all over the place. And uh, it, it impacted the team in a huge way. Right. I, I seem to recall, though, that Profar, the limited amount of time he has played, always starts fast. You know, he's first at bat, he hit a home run. I right. mean, that's, that's just kind of what he does. Uh, it seems like he runs out of gas a little bit. 
Barry's signaling something else now. Barry's like into the two-minute drill. Somebody, somebody has to take, take He's charge waving here. in a 747 hey, right now. We have, we have other podcasts. <laughs> Richard has been delightful. We have other podcasts to do. We have somebody waiting on deck at, at the St- Cowboys Ford Star in Frisco. And, I, I, you know, you guys, you, you, I, somebody's got to rein you guys in. I've been charged with that. You know what? I'm so glad you're so professional. Because this has been the most unprofessional podcast otherwise that I've ever been on. You know, I'll just say this. While you were in Brazil, Evan, we had the most friendly, least contentious podcasts of all. But what? you're making hands. What did I do? You're, I I'm, just came in here and said, you're, you're, you're flagging you people have, down. You don't have to bring You're the, running semaphores You're calling, you're calling to, cops. You don't you're have to bring the hand signals up. I'm making hand signals so the, the folks listening... Don't have to know what's going on. It's like you're singing. <laughs> we're Hava making Nagila. Oh, he's, he's we're making MCA sausage. We're making sausage here. Richard, I think on this note that Barry would like for us to get rid of you. No, are you I gonna? Didn't... Are you gonna be up here this weekend for the Rangers Astros series? Oh, all right. Is it my turn? <laughs> <laughs> Wee. Uh, Barry will permit you to answer that question, but use five words or less. Yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe? Come on. Come on up. Is, is, uh, is Kevin coming out to the ballpark for a change? Well, oh, <laughs> that's rough. I've been gone a long time. No, there's a, there's a college football game yeah, in town, that's, so that's Kevin's going to go to that, USC and Alabama. And, you know, we'll be talking about that on another podcast, Barry, which will be the college version of Ballsy, and you can subscribe <laughs> by dialing in B-A-L-L-Z-Y on iTunes. Evan, he's finally learned. My my job is over, Richard. We are gonna we're gonna let you go. Hopefully, we will see you this weekend. If not this weekend, somewhere down the road, where you can actually buy the dinner for me that you owe me. It's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. It's the highlight of my day. Thanks, R- Bubba. R- Richard, thanks so much. There goes Kevin, there goes the Richard man. Justice. <laughs> <laughs> I like that when Richard got that in at the very end. Kevin, you're the best. I, like I think that. he said Evan, you're the best. I said Kevin. I I, I thought he I said, said Evan. Kevin. There goes Richard. Bye bye, Richard. Um, Kevin, do you have anything that you want to add from, were you following us from Brazil? Uh, uh, no, I was not following you from Brazil. Were you following the Rangers from Brazil? Uh, kinda, yeah, I was. What was, what was the feeling on the streets of Rio? The people in Rio were constantly flagging me down, pulling me over, and and asking me about, in Portuguese, too. They were always asking me these questions in Portuguese, which, you know, was impossible to understand. Did they ask you about the Cowboys? Seriously, when they found out you were from Dallas, did they? No, no one ever said anything about it. They were always intrigued by being from Texas. They liked that, but they 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 never said anything about Los Gauchos or anything like that? No Los Gauchos. It's not Spanish, they don't right? care. I mean, it's another country. Let me just say this. It's another hemisphere. So I, I think that that played a, a, a large well, What's the most amazing thing you learned in Brazil? What was the sh- most shocking thing about don't the culture? Don't urinate on the outside uh, of yes. a gas station. Yeah, well, you, you can't do that in Dallas. Either. Well, let me ask I you want to get, you don't want to get into that, do you? People don't have any problem with public urination in, uh, in Rio. Just let me say that. Well, really? based Apparently we do in Dallas. As we yeah, learned we do it now. I think Jeremy Jefferson, if he could find a team down there in Rio, he, he would be doing he really well. He could feel terrible hero. about that detail. He was. He would be. Yeah. No, they're not. Uh, it, it was a. It was a, quite an adventure. Just let me say that. Was would you it, do it again? Okay, so would I do it again? Uh, it, it would be tough to do. I. I you know, several people have told me this. I. Several of us who have been to multiple Olympics. Oh, pardon me. And said that they said that this was their least favorite. 
And and I think one of the reasons why it was their least favorite was just not because everything ran okay. You know, the the buses ran and and the you know the Wi-Fi was good and and all the things that we have to have, that all happened. So that was that was good for the most part. There was some glitches, but that's that happens everywhere. The big thing was just that uh, Rio was not what everybody expected. It was you know the difference between. Ipanema and Copacabana and and the, the beautiful people and everybody else is a thousand miles. It's stark and it's also very visible. Oh my gosh, yeah, terrible, terrible. Because and that was the thing. If you if they could have run the the media buses down, you know, the coastline the entire time, we'd all been fooled. But but you spend all your time in a bus, an hour a day, two hours a day in a bus, and you're going past. Favela after favela after favela, mile after mile after mile. What does slums. favela mean? Slums. Well, you know, it's funny because when I was in Sydney, and yeah. I, I would tell the people how great the city this is, everybody would say, oh, no, no, no. The, the natives, they would say, oh, they cleaned it up. It's yeah. really not like this all the time. Well, they didn't clean up Rio. Let me just say well, that. That's uh, what they said in Sydney. They, and Sydney was unbelievable. They did, clean, they did clean the water up a lot. You know, like when I went out for sailing, and, and they, you know, we expected to hear stories about them running into sofas out there, you know, in, in the water. And as a matter of fact, the, the Americans were very defensive about it. They had gone down there two years previous. They'd been there off and on for two years. And so they kind of developed an attachment to the locals. And so they were offended by people asking those questions about Yeah, I, I, what was I, in the I water. read you about know, that. I whole, think I read it in your column. Well, actually. thank you very much. The whole time Kevin was in, in Rio, I said, Kevin, let's do a podcast. And he go, oh, no, no, I have no time. No, no. It, it, was, it, it would have been a great podcast. It was a little bit of a matter of no time. It was also a little matter of, of expense. It's a little expensive. Talking on the phone. Do you, do you know we have no budget here? We have a limit. You're right. We have none. <laughs> we have a, a <laughs> limited budget. Evan, Zero. Evan, we've got to get on. David Moore uh, at, at Ford Center in, in Cowboyville and Frisco is chomping at the bit to get on. What else do we have today? I don't know, Barry. You go ahead and tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've, we've just had Richard Justice. We, we have uh, uh, Cowboy Ballsy coming up with David Moore. If he's. Still available. We need to get a bullwhip for you. See, it's not that easy, is it? It's not that easy. And we have a college podcast. And we have a college podcast. We have no idea who's going to be Well, we do. It might be a surprise. Oh, we got a surprise. It might be nobody. And tell people how they could subscribe. I've already told them. Tell them one more time. (laughs) Evan, Evan, here's the deal. Your paycheck depends on how many times you get this in. Okay? I think we should ask people when they call in. To, to, to tell us how to That's right, folks. <laughs> You've listened to the Ballsy Telethon. That's right. B-A-L-L-Z-Y Ballsy Podcast and on I, the iTunes Store. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Ballsy Podcast. And we so run transcripts every week on DallasNews.com. Is this so hard? That was really good. I think they want us to get that on the outro in the new. Th- in the and, new they, uh, they, he said, I talked to David Deutsch, who runs this operation. Oh. I got a text message from David Moore. Goodbye. He says I can't go beyond 11.05. Let's go. Goodbye.